There was a lot of hype this weekend about that game, but more specifically, the fact that College Game Day was in Little Old Lincoln, Nebraska. Absolutely. For the first time since 2007. It has been 12 years. Um, and I feel like in a lot of ways, like even though we are clearly, as we'll talk about in a little bit, not in the form of like, you know, a university that you would expect college game day to perennially go to, like in a lot of ways, Lincoln makes sense for college game day. Mm -hmm. You know that there's going to be mad amounts of turnout. Um, you know that our fans show up, you know that our fans get snarky and that's exactly what you need on signs. Um, like I, I imagine there was a lot of like, will they, won't they? Yes. And, and I, I imagine that they sat back, maybe not at the beginning of this year, but at the beginning of last year when Scott came in mm-hmm. and said, if we can find an excuse to go to Lincoln, Nebraska, we really wouldn't mind taking that, you know? And, and I really do think, and we'll talk about this too, that like, you know, we probably owned up to that expectation. Oh yes. So you know, I I heard rumors that the administration was talking with ESPN before the season even started. That like, if us and Ohio State are undefeated going into our contest, like here's what we'd want to do with game day. Here's where we want to schedule everything. I've heard rumors about that. Right, and, and that was flying around since before the season. Yeah, started. since before the yeah. whole season. Uh-huh. And then after the Colorado loss, I I was told all talk ceased until mayhem happened this Saturday before. They were left with either us or, like, USC and Washington. And Washington lost to Cal and USC had lost to BYU previously in the season. I'm amazed that they didn't, like, just say, screw it, we're going to go to an FCS school. Like, if they hadn't had us as an option, what, are you going to go to, what, USC Washington? Is that what you just said? Yep. Like, there was nothing enticing about that game. Granted, there was nothing enticing about our game. Yes. I mean, at the time, I guess it looked... Like, vaguely possible well, that it might be and, a big team held close. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that Herb Street will be calling both games, like like he's calling this game. So this makes it way easier for him if he doesn't have to uh, go to Seattle in the morning and then catch a flight to Lincoln, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Is that something he has to do frequently? Yeah, occasionally. So normally there is a strong correlation between Saturday night football and game day for that exact reason. But in the in the case where it's a game not on an ESPN network that's like so unmissable, then he'll have to do that. Interesting. That's that's really interesting. That's good because I don't like Kirk Herb Street. So the more like Nobody awful red eye jet setting flights that Kirk Herb Street has to put up with in his life, the better, in my opinion. Like if we could get him stuck on I don't know, like a terrible airline. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna spirit name names, but let's Delta? say Delta. Yep. Um if he could just have Delta flights that don't make their connections <laughs> Till the end of time, and somehow ESPN still doesn't fire him, but he just continues to be kind of terrible at his job. Like yeah. that would be okay with me. Herb Street, like he he's either insulting Nebraska, which I don't appreciate, or like complimenting Nebraska in the most high school girl way in the world. Like you know how we both hung out with theater people in high school. You oh, know how yeah. certain theater girls. <laughs> You we'll don't, just you don't need to say it. more. But you they'll don't just need to say they'll more. just look at people and they'll be like, "I love how you'll just wear 
anything. Like, that is the way in which Kirk Herbstreet, like, yep. compliments Husker football. It's like, wow, they've really built this place up. Like, golly. <laughs> and, like, he says that so tongue-in-cheek. Like, he knows that we're not going to agree with him based on what he says. So I don't, yeah, I don't give a damn what he says. Yeah. I want to disagree with him. All right. And so that... So the fact that he's coming here was a big factor in, like, drumming up all the hype for oh, yeah. this pregame show taking place in this location. So much so that, you know, 1.30 p.m. Friday afternoon, there were, like, 30 people lined up to camp out to get an early spot for game day, which we would later know did not mean ish, whether how early you lined up. Yeah. We'll get to that. Absolutely. But so let's just recap the night. <laughs> So, uh, so we've been planning this all week, as you've heard from last podcast, if you listened all the way through, that we bounced around the idea of camping out, and lo and behold, that's what we basically had to do, because the time everybody said they were going to show up just kept on getting earlier and earlier, so if you wanted any chance at all of being close to the show, you needed to camp out. And to be clear, I just want to lay out, um, there's there's going to be some some snark in the next Oh, 15 minutes so if you're anti-snark first get the hell out of my good christian podcast but second of all like maybe just skip forward 15 minutes particularly if you work for the security company that works for UNL or for college game day oh, i God. have some thoughts for you but i've got two thoughts right here <laughs> <laughs> um justin has just made an unforgivable gesture but then yeah. i actually not followed through with the gesture and it was it was kind of sad yeah but um regardless irregardless Irregardless, um, there was no information out at the beginning of the week. Like, here's how it's going to go down, people. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like helter skelter. I mean, yeah, here's where it's going to be. Yeah, I, I I heard later on that there was a small like sentence on the website that said the line will begin at the campus bell tower. But what? This, yes, that's where the line was supposed to start. That would have made so much sense. That would have. Can you imagine? That would have given them so much room to do security yep. and like. Yep. But the first person to camp out. Camped out right, right in the in, gates. Right in front of the gates. Oh, God. And that's where the natural line began to form. Uh, Logic be damned. To quote, to quote, um, uh, Jurassic Park. Life, uh, life finds a way, and yeah. so do lines. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the bell tower would have made so much. Oh sense. my god! And it's like it's literally what 20, 30 yards away from where the line actually needed to go, which makes perfect yes. sense. Like that was a anyway. We'll get to why that's a problem. Oh yes. Uh, like this is all. We're gonna paint you a picture, and then we're just gonna tear that picture down with just angry Wolverine hands. <laughs> uh. So yeah, we um. So, so we were both, like, I, I was very busy. This was literally the worst week game day could have happened for not, me. Not an awesome time for me, too. Had yeah. family commitments, had other things. And oh, so yeah. So it was like, and that was true of a lot of people, I think. Like, no yes. one no yep. one gets to plan college game day into their yeah. life. College game day is bestowed upon your university, and you must act accordingly. Yeah, like like fororities and, and soror Fororities and surfernities. Surfernities had their formals. Basketball yeah. had their opening night, uh -huh. you know. This was... We decided to, like, roll out a, you know, a facilities thing on yep. the same day. I feel so bad for, like, actual dedicated working for papers, Husker sports journalists. Yeah. Like, they must not be recovered, and it's already Tuesday. Like, oh, yeah. I can't imagine. 
Um, but anyway, yeah. So there's just a bunch of crap going on on campus. Yeah. Um, so so the worst week for everybody. So me and Nick can't really get there until like ten. But, I- however, we do know. Yes. We know that we have friends who are going to be there from about 1 p.m. Uh, shout out to Dustin Sprunk, captain of the dodgeball team. Uh, shout out to Ethan Glenn, member of the dodgeball team. Less impressive person. But no, like, you know, we knew that we were going to have people there. Yes. We knew that they were going to get in line. And we knew that, theoretically, they were saving us spots. Was this ever explicitly lined out? Yes, between me and them, they were saving spots for me, um, my girlfriend Beth, her friend Maria, and I figured we could tack a slip hitch god to that, right? What's a what's one more? So like we we did have save spots, literally probably twenty people back at the front of the line. Mm-hmm. So we we get there on the night. Well, first we go and we get sleeping bags because yes. we think, oh, wouldn't it be miserable to just stay up all night? Who could possibly stay up for more than twenty four straight hours just for a silly football pregame show? Why would anyone ever do that? For sure. <laughs> Foreshadowing. And so we, we ran to my house, we ran to your house, we yeah. got all of the things. We uh, made the sign at Staples. We made a Staples sign in the show notes that we don't have. We will yep. post a link to the sign. Check out Justin's Instagram uh, yeah. and or Twitter. I think you put it on Twitter, I too. I put it on right? Twitter, too. Yeah, okay. So it's it's all over. Check out Justin's stuff. Uh, stuff. Um, social stuffs. And so we, we come back, uh, you know... Justin has things to do. I believe you went to work. Yes, I went to work, and then I had like three things, like three huge projects due at the end of the week. So I right, and I had like, a dinner that I had to go to and things yeah. like that. So we're both busy. We get back together at what, like nine thirty at the student union or so? Yeah, nine thirty, which is like the absolute earliest I could make it. It's, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even look at my phone until that time. I was just so dialed in on, I need to get this done. I need to get in line for game day. It's probably too late. I'm going to be late. And so we get there. Yes. And there's a line. And this line, if you're a UNL student or a Lincolnite or whatever, this line snakes from about, I mean, it goes down from the end of like the Hall of Fame, past the pillars, turns past the stadium, and then comes back past Bessie Hall towards... Towards the Mueller Tower yes. and towards um, Moral Hall. Yeah. In front of the bell tower where it was supposed to start. Yes. And not nowhere near where it was yeah. actually. Spot. I, there I there believe... were like 200 people there all in front. Oh, the, easily the... 200. Probably yeah. three by this point. Yes. Um, because when I asked later, um, somebody walked to the line to check how many people were there. And they counted about 300 up to the bell tower. And we were really, really close to the belt. So mm-hmm. there's 250, maybe three in front of us. Yes. And and we have like a cozy little campsite that we'd be like uh, f- fine with, I guess. It would have been great. But there was concern. So the number, this this special secret number that you all need to remember here is 600. Allegedly. 600 people, allegedly. Because I don't, because seeing that pit. No, it was not actually 600. It was not 600. It was probably three, four. Yeah, th- three or four hundred, three like three fifty. Let's split three fifty. Yeah, three fifty ish is. But we're thinking the entire night we need to be within the first six hundred. Six hundred for sure, and like there's uh, crowds that size. You never know. We know that people are going to keep spilling in. Mm-hmm. We know that those people are not necessarily going to like, you know, 
follow the rules. And so we decide, what the hell? It's probably going to piss some people off. But we're going to go up and we're going to sit with my friends who saved us spots. At least nominally Mm -hmm. saved us spots and can vouch for us. Yeah. So we go up there. And with minimal trouble that I don't even want to go into, like, we end up... I'll briefly talk about it. So so we we send ourselves off in groups. So Beth and Maria go first. (laughs) You know, just casually, like, we're going to walk over to talk to these guys and then just slowly sit down. Nobody suspected a thing. It's a real Trojan horse-esque maneuver. Mm -hmm. So me and Nick just got finished running the stuff that back to his place. Oh, yes, this is the thing. So we've also decided, right, that if we're going to bring things, well, obviously we can't bring them in. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you ever get your sleeping bag back, by the way? Oh, yeah. Nobody touched it. It wasn't... Holy hell, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, really? That's great. Okay, so we're concerned about our things. Yeah. Um, and Justin has a sleeping bag, and I have three sleeping bags. And so we run the three sleeping bags back, mm-hmm. and Justin was not terribly concerned about the good no. health and welfare of that sleeping bag. No. My mom was so shocked that it came back. <laughs> and so we we ran my sleeping bags back, and we said, we are going to be the people that we said we are not going to, we were not going to be, we are probably not actually going to get any sleep this evening. And so that was cool, right? Uh, we took things back. We got back. We kind of try and integrate. But yes. it's natural. So there's like supposed to be a single uniform column, right? And we yes. just added be- more people. Yes, because there were like the barriers to enter into the pit. Which we will talk about more later. Which we will talk later. about more later. There's like, you know, the left barrier and the right barrier were kind of like the guiding lines to this uh, line that's a lot of lines in one sentence, but I have no other words. So, yeah. So the left barrier is like sort of where the furthermost people in line are left. And then the right barrier is where the furthermost people are right. Everything's just so conglomerated in this line. And you've got like lawn chairs and sleeping bags. And we can't really squeeze in like to the mass of chairs and bags yet because we don't know which chairs belong to our friends group and which chairs are the people standing next to them. So we just sort of camp out outside to the left and there are people from the group who have been camping out all day in there too and for it starts out going smooth you know just talking along nothing happens and then some people from the front of the line oh (laughs) just illustrating my feelings at this point about the whole situation because this is a lot what it looks like uh if if folks who are familiar at all with agriculture what i've just showed justin is a cattle shoot but like a very long and elaborate one with many many cows that just slowly lead them to slaughter um so like this this frame particularly reminds me this is just like several cows nose to ass looking sad (laughs) and waiting expectantly for pain um that's what's happening here that was so poetic based on how the weekend turned out yeah yeah it really was so here we are like cattle to the slaughter yeah uh and then some people from the front of the line sort of come up and talk sort of in our general direction not at any one of us particularly they're like we know you haven't been here all night this is so unfair to the people who have been up front even though you know they were up front and I don't see why us being behind them was an issue for them, but or really anyone else. There's four of us. Yes, four. You know, like the number of Beatles. Yeah. Well, I mean, two, two if now. You count Ringo. 
I'm just going to spend as much time on this podcast disparaging drummers because... I like Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr is fun. Ringo Starr is fine. So anyway, like, I feel like we got to speed this up. So, like, we, we have this altercation with these yeah. guys, and they're like, hey, you shouldn't be here. And we're like, we have spots saved. And they're like, that's not cool. And we're like, but you guys have been saving spots for people for hours. Did you Who's... know that? Or were no, you just we, shot we, in the dark and We found this out, like, slightly later. Okay. But that's why when we said, hey, these people saved a spot since noon, they were like, oh, that's exactly what we did. Okay. And we were like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. we're going to stay exactly um, exactly where the hell we are. So, so and so so we end up like navigating this fairly unscathed, but it does freak everybody out. Oh, yeah. It, tense. It, it made me a paranoid little for like an hour and a half and you know what that line was as as mentioned earlier kind of already a paranoid little um in and of itself yeah yeah it was just a paranoid time yeah yeah so so after that we slowly start you know feeling the effects of sleep deprivation oh yeah and then Mm -hmm. there are several pieces of cursed after dark justin audio oh god oh i'm sure that we're gonna drop parts of we did yes we did record on justin's phone portions of the evening yes. for public consumption i believe there was a quiz show there was a quiz show the <laughs> worst quiz show about the the number of calories on pringles, pringles? yes yes because pringles. Th- this is like at 2 30 a.m and we've been here since 10 this is just like an hour and a half of everybody everybody in the group just slowly losing their minds and, yeah. it's, and then you know me, I'm a very spontaneous and random person when I want to be. When I have, like, l- less sleep than, like, humanly possible, I, yep. I amp that up to a 1,000. So I was just – so I just grabbed a Pringles quiz, and I'm like, pop quiz time. How many things are on this Pringles can? And we might and th- drop those that. were the kind of questions, like how many – things were on the Pringles basically can. i think we should drop that on youtube and not force everyone through it yes but it's, if you it's, it's want gonna to be, be bonus miserable. coverage subscribe to the justino show i will edit out the super cringy stuff believe in the meat and potatoes of what was our game day experience camping out in line if you so, like pulling teeth this <laughs> is for you so so needless to say it was actually a pretty fun night my perspective once we got out of the first hour 30 and then so yeah so like this the second the four o'clock hour starts the party stops and the line begins everybody stands up yes grabs their signs and if like if you have stuff lying on the ground you better return it now because you know there's no guarantee you're going to be let back into this giant line that's formed and it's slowly becoming more and more of a single file thing i uh, not single file okay not that single doesn't file. give like the right impression like it's probably about five deep across mm-hmm uh, it's it's then, like an army marching into yeah, war. Think of like a um, like seriously. Once you once you looked back and you saw all the banners and everything lined up, it's like it's literally a medieval army charging into battle. I, I have no. Yeah, other it way. really does look like a Greek phalanx. Like yes. But here's the thing. And this this is where Nick's gonna get a little unhappy. Throughout the evening, there have been people who have started to kind of, like, ring the left side. Yes. On, on, on the sidewalk, besides the parking lot that we're all camping out. Next to, next to, if you're from UNL, the Coliseum. Yes. We haven't mentioned these people yet, have we? 
No, this is the first time. They started at like around three. Yeah. And then, and then at first, nobody really knew what to do with them. Some of them thought they were just there to like watch and party with us. But as soon as four o'clock hit, we're like, oh my God. They line up. They like, line up. These guys are trying to take our spots. Absolutely. That, that we've been camping out since 10. And our group has been camp- camping out since noon for these front row game day pit spots that now these guys who have shown up at three or four have just intimidated us along the sides, knowing that they've got as good a position as we do. So if for some reason they don't honor our line, which we will get to, these people will get our spots. And this is really not a direct fear at this point. Like, I imagine that these people yes, know because... that they're not going to get in and yes. are just going to line up around the outside of the pit and are going to call that good and life's going to be fine, yes, right? Because, because there are two security, security guards. There, and the cops are pushing them back. The actual, like, so let's let's talk about police presence here. Yes. There are, like, a, three to four UNLPD officers. Mm-hmm. So when you think about UNLPD officers, I just want you to picture varying versions of Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> and that is exactly the level of like terrifying, protect and serve, lethal if necessary force that we are dealing with. And then you've got the like ABC affiliate Disney owned like mercenaries that have clearly been brought in. And there's like two of them. Yes, there, there's one guy who's the sign cop. Sign Nazi. There's the other guy who's like the don't run at Herb Street guy. You know? Yes. So there's there's the sign Nazi and the like don't murder Herb Street guy. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, they're hanging out. And they're not particularly helpful with crowd control. And no. then there are two, count them, two stadies um, with the hats and mm-hmm. the whole fake mounty thing going on. And, like, you know, this is my, like, one semblance of control. I am by no means, like, the most pro-law enforcement human being that's ever existed. But in crowd control instances, like, I recognize the need for someone who's packing heat to just be able to, like, back the hell up. Like, you know, and I, yeah. I appreciate the work that, that the ones who are effective at it do. But there's two state troopers. Mm-hmm. And they're really the only ones who are working on it. So, like, at one point, that line charges the front and it's it's the totally weirdest time yes it's at like like not even four it's at like 3 30 it's super early they all charge and one of the state troopers whips his like cowboy hat off and just is like whoa like get back yeehaw get along little doggies and like like shepherds them back and then a couple of the UNLPD Paul Blarts are like have a, have a donut falling out of their mouth. Like, hey, man, that's not cool. They're not supposed to do that. Okay, yeah, he got it figured out. Man, he's cool. I wish I was a state trooper instead of Paul Blart. And so this happens, and we're all a little bit concerned. But then we're getting yes. down to the – I believe we were let in at 5.30. Yes. yes, we were at 5.30, and then, you know, we started standing up at 4, and then the crowd just got the line – and the side crowd both got increasingly restless, and, like, and, and it slowly smushed towards the front. And then, like, the people from the back of the line were throwing things. And I feel so bad about this that they got Lincoln with, like, the perfect groin shot with oh, the water bottle. Yeah, it was bad. And I, was, I happened to duck right at the moment yeah. that that was thrown. And the reason I didn't get hit in the back of the head. And the reason I'm not behind bars right now, because I would have just turned around and given the person directly behind me which i think was you just like a piece of my mind to take back to the entire back of the line and probably a piece of my fist as well but like i didn't get hit it does hit beth's sign um and it it made that wet and kind of streaky 
But uh, if you if you watch footage of college game day, my girlfriend is the one sitting in the standing in the front row with a sign that says "Daddy Frost" and a picture of Scott, uh, which there was a Hale Varsity article that mentioned yeah. her sign. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, uh-huh. he said some signs were funny, some signs were cool, some signs pr- were thought provoking. One sign said "Daddy Frost," and I haven't been able to get that out of my head all morning, so neither can you now. And I was like, <laughs> "That's beautiful." Um, and, so, and we'll get to why she's in the front in a bit, but. <laughs> but what, what you know is the line's getting restless, then all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes to go until 5.30, and then the, the, the left side charges again. And then, so the line just sort of fake charges forward, and then the cops, and then cops, I'm using them as an all-encompassing term for every cop we've discussed. All like, six of them, goddammit. All, all six of them were like, no, no. Then they go back, they push the people on the left farther back than they had been ever before that night. So... So, like, now we I think it's the most confident that we're going to get first dibs. Yes. Uh-huh. And then would you like to take over as to what happened once the witching hour approached? I, I can't even. So, the witching hour. <laughs> so, we have, as, and this is, to their credit, I don't know if this happened, like, the first guy shows up and then they put this little box around him or the box was there and he shows mm-hmm. up. But there is this little, very thin, probably... Oh, nine foot by six foot, maybe more than six. Maybe it's like nine by nine. Yeah. Barrier, metal barrier. And these are like little gate things that could, I don't know, very easily be crashed open by a thrall of of moving Cubans. So the witching hour approaches. <laughs> and I here is the shot heard around the world. I don't know who lurches forward first. I, honest to God, was just like standing there. There was no countdown. There was, which is weird, because we counted down every other hour. Yes. And four twenty, um, both four twenty in the morning, and when there was four twenty left on the clock, we counted to, down to both of these times. But we didn't count down to the actual witching hour. No. Um, so we're at T minus five, uh, and we're all. <laughs> this is gonna be an uncensored portion of the podcast. We'll just drop because I I really can't okay. like, handle telling the rest of this story without profanity. So. we're standing there and something happened like you don't know do you no all of of a sudden there was light and we moved like it very much felt like someone had shot first and we just all needed to like suddenly do a job we had not been trained or drilled for so the left side crushes in towards the right side and the, the the cops in heavy air quotes like rip open the um the gate so that people can start to get through to the but, pit but what they don't do is they don't remove the side gates because there's no room because the right side is just crushed into the right side gate and the left side is dangerously close but we're also being pushed into that left gate and we're within these these gates right mm-hmm. and so lincoln all right, bigger dude standing right in front of me is starting to trip over these gates and I'm being like thrown into Lincoln and there's a good several seconds in which I, a fairly decent sized human, am suspended 
and like cannot touch the ground with my feet. And it was at that moment I knew we'd done something wrong. Not just as Justin and I, not just as a university, but really as a human race. To be able to get to the point where we created this moment where me, a big ass dude, is like so surrounding people <laughs> trying to get into college game day that I can't hit the ground with my feet. And so Justin is like still, you're behind me at this yes, point, I right? Am. Did and you ever leave the ground? once because a bar- the barrier next to me literally got knocked yes. over and then in the most athletic thing I've done in years <laughs> I jump I jump on top of the barrier I put my right foot on it and I just go and I land on the other side while holding my sign then I just fall into this mass of humanity where I cannot move for like the next minute easily easily two centimeters from a broken ankle oh, yeah. for each of us I, I could have either ate total asphalt <laughs> Or broken so much stuff in my leg, but I just managed to jump and just hit the the barrier as it was landing on the ground. And folks, there is just screaming. Like, oh, yes. people are just yelling. There's just noise all over. There's, like, lights that have suddenly been turned on, and suddenly it's, like, bright as day. And there's just this crush of people. You cannot move in no. either direction, but you are also constantly moving, not on your own power. I have no idea if, like, the people on the outsides are exerting force. I don't know if, like, the people in the back and the left and right are, like, crushing forwards, and that's all fighting each other, and this is why we can't possibly move. And then all that the security guards are capable of saying at this point is, move back because the security guards have decided what they need to do is personally frisk every single person in this line Mm -hmm. which has not been covered yet and they need you to remove everything from your pockets which means you need to have room to move your arm in your pocket and most of us are holding a huge piece of poster board right or they are literally holding on to another person so that they do not fall and like it's at about this point that we learn that was lightning. That was lightning. It's at about this point that we learned that, like, oh, God, like, you know, you need to get the crap out of your pockets and you yeah. need to, like, be prepared. And, oh, by the way, we're going to take half your signs away, which, like, the sign requirements were not clear. And people had yes, seen some of their signs were. that were – I had heard some people had not heard them. Oh, okay. And that might if, be on them. If, but, if like, you look for them, you heard them. And in, in their defense, security – they let some stuff in that should not have been left in. Absolutely, and that's okay. But what I am saying is that is another thing that slowed down the process, oh, yeah. which is, like, not acceptable at this point. Mm-hmm. So, like, no one can move. It's just this crush of humanity. Uh, and then this little kid, like, I don't. Oh, did he yeah. fall to the ground? Did he get trampled? All I saw was that he was crying, and his mom He's... was like, move, move, move. And then for the first time in the past hour, the group acted as one to just split the Red Sea, let this kid exit, and then it was back to just this yeah. mosh pit. of. As, as soon as we proved it was possible, we decided we would never do it again. Yes. And so then the security guards are like, why won't you guys just behave? And we're like, I can't help you. I can't move. I would love to be able to calmly stop everyone. We could hold hands, we could drink tea, and we could decide as a group that the smart thing to do is take a step back. But you look at the circumstances and tell me whether that seems possible, man. Like, it was just remarkable. And they're like chewing us at the front of the line out, and it's like, I'm in mid-air half the damn time right now. I can't move in any direction on my own willpower. 
We just like, like, and this is why it got to be such a scramble. I'm yeah. standing literally probably a yard from Beth at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, I'm less right behind than three you. feet behind me. Yeah. And Beth ends up in the very front row. Like, they, honest to God, just like ended up pushed in different directions, right? And like, think about it. If you had tried to push people at that moment, would that have actually made you any progress? Maybe maybe get me ahead of one person. Right. But not not to the front. Seven. Not to the front. You really just needed luck or the right push at the right time. I also think that like people were giving deference to people who looked smaller and less less, you know beat upable. And that is definitely Beth and her friend. Yes. Which is why I think they ended up in the very front row. But we ended up with not terrible seats considered. No, no, we somehow get through. I think eventually the line from where I was standing, realize that it's going to be one at a time, get your stuff out your pockets, and then, you know, it was still a clump of humanity, but people understood what was going on, then it moved much faster. Mm, Slightly faster. Okay, compared to Mach Zero, which is what we were at. Even even in comparison, it was not that much better from where I was standing. But you also were in the line longer than I was. Yes. And so possibly it starts moving faster when I get through. Because there's yeah. a good five minutes in oh, which yeah. I'm through and you're not. And to be clear, Justin could have reached out and grabbed me at the beginning of this process mm-hmm. with not like no work at all. And like now we're I probably could have reached out and grabbed Beth at the beginning of this yes. process. And we, now we could I have get kindergarten in... safety roped our way to the front. Absolutely. And you know what? Next time. <laughs> um But seriously, so we we get in. And I, all I have to say about the game day experience is it's fine it's, it's fun it's it's basically watching it on tv except once they say your team you cheer once they say the team you're playing you boo once they say conference rivals you boo even louder than for the team you're playing yes and then as soon as you see the as soon as you see your sign on tv you have to sort of try to angle yourself behind the cheerleaders behind every other sign behind corso to get it on tv i got like two moments where my sign was just unobstructed so and that's it that's the whole thing and that's the whole thing it's literally just watching it on tv they throw some hard hats and like work gloves out they throw out some like hot dogs it's all students and then like two freaky old people yep um that's it yeah that's that's basically the long and short of it it's basically just being in a crowd watching a show on tv because there's really nothing to see up on the stage you just like number one your views blocked out by all the signs number two it's just their backs like you're going to be watching the side tvs anyways so it's really it really wasn't worth it to do like if it with that was the end goal like it really wasn't worth all the the fighting and the trouble but just to be there like this was a moment that meant so much more than the actual content on the game day television program. Absolutely. I was I was glad to be there not because I was watching the program but because I was there f- as a moment for my university, right? And yes. like people will talk a long time about the last time college game day came to Lincoln, which presumably will be a hot minute. Mhm. Uh and also like Yeah. O- Oklahoma 2022 is the next time that I can think like cuz I have no idea how good these teams will be then, but I think they could come here just for nostalgia's sake. You know? Yes, absolutely. Which I think is part of the reason they come here in the first place. The first sign 
ever held at college game day was here. was a Nebraska fan. So let's we got to keep keep moving because we got like thirty of, minutes left. Here's my transition. And speaking of college game day, Nebraska did set a record. It was not the attendance record. It was the record for largest home loss in college game day history. We beat Utah by one point. Okay, we didn't beat Utah in that game. We, I mean, we, Utah lost to Boise State by 40 at home, and we lost to Ohio State by 41 at home, thus beating their record. So that was the football game. Yep, I'm good if that's all the talking we do about the football yeah. game. Okay. I mean, like, let, let's run down it really quickly, and I'll let you go, and then I'll follow. Okay, uh, so here are my three main points from the game. Number one, Adrian Martinez delivered one of the top three worst performances I have seen from a Husker quarterback in my life. This He played worse than any game, any bad game Taylor Martinez has ever had. He did not have one that bad. The only two that come close are Tanner Lee against Northern Illinois, throwing up three interceptions with only 100 yards and in a 17-7 loss to Northern Illinois. The only other game I'd say might be worse than it was Tommy Armstrong against Iowa in 2015, throwing three interceptions in Iowa territory, effectively ruining our chance to ruin Iowa's perfect season. But besides that, we literally had more penalty yards than passing yards and three interceptions. In the first half, Martinez had more completions to Ohio State than he did to Nebraska. He is not a good quarterback. Stop. Right, whoa. Whoa. I said it. I said it. He is it. not yet... He showed an potential. Elite quarterback. Now, so freshman I, year, but sophomore year, he has the closest thing he's had to the game has been like Northern Illinois and Illinois, and even then, I wasn't ready to shove him in the Heisman conversation or anything. No, he's had a rough yeah this few weeks. This game was bad. There are some things I want to point out. Um, he does not have a single consistent target this year. Yeah. Like, it's just not there for him, right? Yeah, yeah I love Spielman, but He's... everybody was locked up by OSU secondary. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I will give him that nowhere on the offense had anywhere to go. And additionally, he is getting terrible snaps. Mm-hmm. The definition of a terrible snap is a snap the quarterback has to think about. I don't care if, like... There was less like, oh, it's actually over his head this time. Oh, he has to jump to catch the snap this time. Because there was less of that Mm -hmm. than there has been in the past. But he is still against what is, hand to God, going to be a college football playoff team. Oh, no doubt. Very possibly going to be a national champion. That that was my second point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ohio State looks great. And we'll get there. But like... You know, against them, you cannot afford to be thinking about that and have the kind of performance where you can possibly hold your own, right? The interceptions, a lot of them are definitely his fault. But also, when your decision-making is, like, so limited that you have to make those kind of throws. And he does make those stupid throws on his own sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to absolve him because I think that there's been too much work done to absolve him this week. And more people need to be like, hey, this kid is not as good as we said this kid is. And it's time to face up to that fact and realize that that probably has far-reaching ramifications for our season. Now, if he turns yes. it around, I will spin on a dime and carve, you know, fancy that into the side of my cake. But, like, <laughs> I... That's a Tim Minchin quote. I love the comedian Tim Minchin. Okay, and okay. that, um... That's a good one. But, like... And then the other thing is, like, the O-line sucked. Oh, yeah. And the D-line was great. It, it's everything, right? The, There's the, the, pressure. He's not handling the pressure were, well. If you watch it back and you look at number 71, Matt Farniok 
there are multiple plays where he does not touch an Ohio State player. And he is a he is like a tackle on our line. You just reach out and block a guy. Like and he didn't yeah. do it. So yeah. So for every excuse is an equal and opposite like harsh truth. Harsh truth that we need to talk about. But like I don't think that this means that he is not a quarterback that we should be comfortable having at Nebraska for where the program is at now. And that is the other point that I want to make about this game. Yes. I think I think we might have the same point is that this really didn't change my opinion about the season. Because nope. Ohio State's going to do this to darn near every team on their schedule. It did slightly, right? Like, it made me... Okay, yeah, slightly, but, like, grand scheme of things, you know... No. Th- this is what we expected to happen, basically. It makes me a. It makes me question their grit. Mm-hmm. It makes me question their ability to bounce back. It makes me question Scott's decision-making. The whole game made me question... Play calling, except I loved the fullback stuff. So oh, I'll yes. give you a pass let, let, Let's there. talk about that drive briefly because we were moving the ball like crazy. Crowd was going wild. Martinez has Wandale for a touchdown. If he does not overthrow him and he overthrows him, it's an interception, and we never drove the ball downfield until they put again in their backups. Right. And I think in a lot of ways, like, that shows how demoralizing a game it was. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's not like they stopped scoring after they put in their backups. Like, no. we, we still got burnt terribly it's after bad. that. The defense, there's nothing to say they were bad. Yeah. They, they were just outmatched. I think we've covered everything mandatory to cover about this game. Except for the fact that in the third quarter, uh, the crowd, most of them are still sort of there at this point. So they do the one thing that they can to keep fans in the stadium. They bring out their Wiener Schlinger. Oh, I forgot about this. So I we are literally in discussions about how... Most of us are about to leave. Yes. Justin's not going to because I, this is a strange form of sadism. That, like, I always stay until the clock hits zero. Ever since the first Nebraska game I went to, that, that's been my thing. And like this is the first game I went to, it was like in 2006 against Troy, and we were and we just killed them. And it was like four minutes to go. It's backups at this point. My dad's like, "Come on, son, let's time it's time to go." And I'm like, "No, this is a good game." So ever since then, I've made a promise to myself that I'll always stay till the clock hits zero. That is adorable. That is adorable, and we stand that. So I'm not of this philosophy, um, especially on a game like this. And so I'm, I'm just standing there, minding my own business. We're talking about where we're going to go to dinner. I'm like, man, I sure am hungry. And then the, that's the first time that they fired Der Wienerschlinger, right? And it goes the hell over our heads right and i'm like okay yeah they're just gonna pepper the back rows so that they don't feel so bad about still being here in their terrible seats Mm -hmm. and another one goes way over our head and another one and another one and none of them land like remotely in our area and then all of a sudden the shirtless cowboys in front of us go what do we want and then their group of friends goes and me i I chanted with them i hope you did too i did as soon as i figured out what they were doing yeah so they say what do we want wieners when do we want them now and then wieners 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 and then the wiener just pops up in the air right in front of our section (laughs) and it's it's kind of I don't know if you've ever seen the Sandlot, but you know that one yes. fly that Betty intentionally hits to Smalls? Yes. It's exactly like that fly. Like, I could just see it goes up, 
and it like it's rotating as a wiener does in midair and it's glistening and you can see the silvery wrapping and it's just slowly like and i'm like oh that is gonna seal clear over just straight over my head and then it comes down (laughs) just beautifully and gently just starts coming down and so all i do is exactly what small's does in the movie i stick my hand up in the air and i just go please catch it please catch it please catch it and what do you know it fell right into my damn hand so greatest accomplishment of my life we still have lots to get to um and we have like like 20 minutes to do it in so northwestern northwestern i my, my score prediction is 15 to 13 no idea who wins it's going to be an ugly game neither of these teams have much of an offense but a good defense so it's going to come down to whoever commits less turnovers. And by the way, this season has been going for both teams. That could be either of us. I disagree. I think we're pissed. I think Scott's pissed. I think we fix a lot of things. I think there are less turnovers. We have seen that this team can improve from a turnover standpoint mm-hmm. if they want to at Dedrick Mills, carrying that ball around oh, yeah. all week. Dedrick Mills, the one player who I will say had a good game. Right. And that guy is going to, I actually already has, got pointed to in practice mm-hmm. on Monday. And they said, you all need to be like Mills. You all need to work harder this week. You all need to recognize your shortcomings. It's what you should have done before Illinois. And if we have any ch- like this might be the pivotal game for the rest of our season. Low-key of must win. Yeah, I don't even think it's low-key. I think it's absolutely like, yeah. if we don't win this game, the best we can hope for is 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. And we are already to ha- halfway to 6-6. Six and six. But I just the think... season's already basically halfway done, which we'll talk about next week, because I have a whole spiel about that. So... Okay, yeah. But I think like the horrid spiral could really happen if we like did not get our together this week. Less turnovers. Um... Better offensive line play, yes. especially against this defense, if we're going to move the ball at all. We need to move the ball a little better in the air. I genuinely think every drive should be patterned off the one that worked against Ohio State. Oh, es- yeah. Especially the at the beginning. I formation, establish the run game. Come around with giving the ball to the fullback sometimes. No one sees it coming. We yeah. won whole national championships here over that. Yeah, and, and and we actually have a competent runner as a fullback for the first time since Janovich. We're not we're not trotting out farm boys because they look the part. No, we're giving one of our best runners the fullback, and it works. Yeah, and I appreciate um, that. Like we've started to grow a little rivalry against Northwestern. I think I like beating Northwestern. Yeah, I always the NU versus NU. I always know we have a decent team put together if we can beat Northwestern. Mm-hmm. They always seem to put together at least decent to Midland teams. Yeah. Um, so, like, it really does seem like the years in which we beat Northwestern are the kind of years I can view as a success. Yeah. The years in which we lose are the kind of years where I don't feel conf- confident. They did win our s- division last year, yes, right? Yes, they did. So winning today takes a conference win off of today. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I Saturday. so badly want to be at the end of this week. Uh, it, winning Saturday takes a conference win off of them. What time is the game? It's like 7 again, right? I think it's an afternoon. And, and something uh, that Northwestern and their players have been doing is a uh, – Fighting for the right to use their names and likenesses and profit off of them. Your and segues suck. We're going to talk about... That's a Cal- good segue. That was a terrible That's segue. That's a good segue. 
We are going to talk. Listen, block over. Normally, this is where an ad would go. Cool. Casper mattresses. We love them. <laughs> now, let's talk about how California has just passed. Or, well, yes, it's passed. It's Newsom passed. has signed it. The things he I was reading. signed it live on LeBron's talk show. Which is cool. Which is something I never thought would happen. If this were a civics podcast, I'd be allowed to geek out about that. Oh, yeah. But, like, I actually think that's really cool. That that's is. an awesome way to get a kind of a corner of people who don't typically engage civically. Yeah. To become civically engaged. Um, first of all, I think it's weird to watch the NCAA, which is typically seen as, like, the sole, like, governing mm-hmm. godlike bureaucracy be cornered here. Well, let's... I'm sorry. We should tell the folks what this bill actually does. I feel like a lot of people already know, but, like, do you want to give us a the 20-second rundown? All right. Bill signed in the state of California, it gives players an opportunity to collect endorsement deals. This is not the schools directly paying them, nor is it the conference directly paying this share of the money that they make. This is simply allowing players to use their name to make money, and as of right now, it only applies to NCAA athletes in the state of California. No, you pretty much got it. I, I mean, got it. for a long time, I've said this is probably the way to pay players. Yes. This is the smart way to do things. If you don't want to play, if you, if you don't want to pay the lacrosse team the same thing that you pay, like... Mm-hmm the UNL volleyball team for, or the same thing you pay the Alabama football team for, right? Then, like, you know, this is the way to get it done. Yes, also, it's, it's an outside source giving them, like, money. Yes. Does it kill amateurism? Yes. Newsflash. Amateurism is already dead. You cannot kill things that are already dead. Like, does it officially say, like, these are probably not true, well and truly amateur athletes anymore? Yes. Is there something that's probably slightly sad that all of us should admit that we, like, live in a consumerist culture that can't allow just pure sport for the joy of sport? Yeah, that's sad. But at the end of the day, like, we already know that there are fixers at mm-hmm. every universe. I actually don't think that unless this comes hand in hand with an NCAA crackdown, that this actually fixes fixing. I also think that like, yeah. even if it comes with a crackdown, like there's still reasons to fix things. I think that yeah. we should like allow scholarship money to cover other things. Like students who are athletes in all kinds of sports have difficulty with housing, right? If we allow more housing benefits, um, they have, they have difficulty, um, like affording books and affording, um, equipment and things like that. Like a lot of these people don't come from awesome backgrounds. Day-to-day expenses should be able to be covered by scholarships. That's something else that I think like needs to be addressed. At the end of the day, I think this is a good thing. Oh, yeah. This can only spark further positive change, provided that more states get on board with this. Which is coming. And South Carolina and I believe Florida as well have also drafted similar bills. Which is a big deal in the SEC. Yes. Like two, because, well, and like ACC two, you've got Florida State, Florida, Clemson, South Carolina. That's yeah. four fairly major schools. And, and not to mention the upstart UCF and, yep. and the national brand that is the U. Yes, absolutely. So all of these teams, yeah. because, like, we're going to get to the point. Yeah, because the NCAA can all, can, will, pro- will probably, if nobody else gets on board, sue the state of California because of this. Oh, absolutely. Like, like there's, I don't, I do not, I believe this will take place in the future i don't believe it will take place january 1st 2023 like the bill says because this is the legal system in america these things will get fought and delayed tooth and nail unless more people just okay you know more about this to me continue well not not necessarily i mean yes yes but here's my thinking so well, you have to think about like what incentivizes different groups mm-hmm. in this 
California really wants this because yes. it looks like a big political win for the state of California uh, and for like the Democratic Party, which is the leading party in California, to say like, listen, you put us in charge. We do the common sense kind of things that people have wanted done for 20, yeah. 30 years and never gotten around to. We are unafraid to take on big, monolithic, scary things like the NCAA and say, hey, this is racial. We're going to fix this, yes. right? There is no way in which this is not a political win for California and for the the Democratic Party. What does the NCAA want at the end of the day? What they truly, I think, realize is that they are running a system that is untenable. What they are going to end up wanting is to be able to like affect the way in which that untenable system shifts into something more equitable so that they are still getting a fair shake. Because there is a world in which the NCAA is like less than not lucrative. There is a world in which we, like, do try and actually sap the resources of universities directly into students' pockets, which I think is a slippery slope and leads to, like, lots of teams and lots of sports closing across the country. Yeah. But I think that, like, at the end of the day, um, you know, the NCAA really just wants to make sure that they can continue being the NCAA. Yes. They are not going to fight this as hard as California wants to fight this. Uh, and when you get into long, drawn-out legal battles that cost literally millions and potentially, like, up to a billion dollars in lawyer fees and, um, like, litigation that looks bad. And if we're all getting an update on this trial mm -hmm. and it's California versus the evil empire of the NCAA, like, they don't, they don't want that. No. So what I saw recently um, is that the NCAA has a group of chancellors from across the country and like NCAA executives looking into how to fix this problem. Yeah. I think that they're going to come out in October and say, listen, we're not crazy about this, but it's time to hold the conversation of how to let players be compensated. Mm -hmm. um, if that's a different proposal, well, then here's the thing. We're at the table now. Yeah. Right. And that means that the California bill has moved us forward. I think that the California bill will be used to kind of like um, goad the NCAA on mm -hmm. and prove why they're still at the table. But I think that players and schools, one thing I hope is that they're able to like have an effective union. I don't know if that exists. I think that collective bargaining happens th of any kind that happened before yeah. happens through the NCAA. Mm -hmm. uh, Northwestern players tried to form a union and they like won it in one court, but then got struck down in another. So teams could form their own unions, I think. Well, and I think that like a broader, like uh, what I think is going to happen is like, there's a big 10 union and it might be okay. a big 10 union of football players and a big 10 union of volleyball players yeah. because those groups have different interests and should probably remain separate. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. Cause this basically just is what well, all the naysayers would be like, Oh, how would you make it? So it's fair for everyone. Like, no, it's, there's no way to allocate the money from a university to make it fair to everybody. So that's why the money is not going to come from a university, you know? And, uh, Head coach of the Nebraska football team, Scott Frost, uh, was asked his thoughts on the bill. Uh, he said that, you know, he gave it the typical coach. I don't really pay much attention to stuff outside of football, but uh, I hope that it would not destroy competitive balance. And my response to that is, Scott, you lost 48-7. to 7. There is no competitive balance <laughs> in college football. Uh, yeah, also, like, 
your giant loss notwithstanding, Nebraska is the kind of school that, who would like, benefit greatly from this. Yes, you're, you're, like, you're telling me we can't get Warren Buffett to open the checkbook and get some recruits. Oh, but like that's not even the thing. <laughs> that's not the, the thing. thing. That's just like, a joke. No, but unless like unless you want to, Warren. <laughs> He already is. I have news to break to America. We're bribing people. Um, is it news if everyone knows and we all just collectively yeah. decide not to talk about it? Um, like every university in America oh, is yeah. already doing that. But that's neither here nor there. We buy so much. Like you are wearing a Husker hat. I am wearing a Husker hat. I imagine that like... Players can claim the university's logo as like I imagine that that's where this is headed, of like they will oh, yeah. probably get some cut of merchandising sales as well. Oh yeah, because they are currently working for the corporation. And, like the corporation will just say like all players. Yeah, and honestly, this would open up. This would be good for both parties if that could be the case. Because imagine like all the different merchandising deals that would come from this. Like imagine like a Moberry Mo Problems T-shirt. You know. That would sell very well around these parts of the country. Yeah. And, you know, so many players would, like, have their jerseys get sold in open market, and they'd benefit greatly from that. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I think that because this is benefiting the player instead of the institution, people mm -hmm. are more likely to get player-specific branded things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm more likely to buy, like... An Amart t-shirt, if I know that Amart's name and likeness is getting paid to Adrian Martinez and not yeah. to the university. If I'm just spending the same money to the university, I'm more likely to buy, like, University of Nebraska. Yeah. Anyway. Do we have time for Soccer Gama? Well, uh, we're not going to talk about Soccer Gami. That's going to have to happen oh. later. So, so but I did do... Re the ode to nil-nil draws. Do we have time for that? I only have 10 minutes. Is which that... is exactly the time I said... We need to. We needed to a lot for. So let's let's go back and forth on this one because I think it's it's probably not super interesting to just listen to me rant about okay. association football for ten minutes. Yes, oh, well, gonna... we were worried we would not get in Nick's soccer thoughts, and so here we are at the end of the podcast. Nick's soccer thoughts with my commentary. I want to I want to pose a question to you. I will answer it. All right, more of a hypothetical, more of a situation that I'm almost sure happened to you. Okay, at some point. The, the minor league baseball team in this town is called the Lincoln Salt Dogs. Yes, they are. And at some point, as a child, you were taken to a Salt Dogs game. Oh, yeah, multiple times. And, but I want you to think about that first one. You're fairly young. You oh, understand yeah. the basic concepts of baseball. Like, you get that he goes around the bases and he scores, and if it's out, it's a home run, and then everyone gets to go and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. <sighs> all right. Now imagine that, first of all, Instead of this being, like, a minor league baseball team, this is much closer to, like, the relationship people around here have with the Huskers. Where, But, like, even older than that, where, like, it is ingrained in the culture, in the place that you are from, How? that you cheer for this team. That's basically the Huskers. But, like, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But even, like, whereas the Huskers, like, this university was founded in 1869. The yes. football team starts not that long after that. But, yeah, Liverpool Football Club, specifically was formed in 1892. Manchester City was formed in 1880. Okay, like, that's not these, that older than us. No, no, no. But these teams, like especially the London teams, go back to like, you know, 1850. And then a lot of these teams have like cycled in and out and moved around and things like that. Okay. What I'm saying is like, it is even older than American football. Associate those emotions. Okay. With this. 
and you go, and you are so damn excited. I still don't see what makes us different from a Husker game, but continue. No, absolutely. <laughs> this is just me as an American. Absolutely. Yeah. But then here, here's where it becomes different. Yeah, let's make it a Husker game. Fine, it's a Husker game. Yeah. I feel like the metaphor works better with baseball, but like halftime goes by. No one has scored. There are inevitably moments in which people almost score. And there is like an interception at the five-yard line. And then there is like, like uh, kicks are batted down and crazy BS happens. But at halftime, nobody scored. And we get to the end of regulation. And no one has scored. And then instead of overtime, we just all pack up and go home. Well, gee golly, that sounds miserable. It is miserable. And God damn it, Justin, that's the point. Because... Life, human existence, does not get tied up with pretty bows. If we run out of time for things, we don't just get to magically add more time onto the end of a clock. We just go home, and everyone's probably about level. Think of, think of all the you've seen in football. Yeah. Where at the last minute, like... I think this is a great game in hindsight, but, like, the kick six. Yeah. Come on. That what? doesn't show that Auburn is the better, better football team on the day. Those teams were yeah. perfectly evenly matched. If you didn't have to declare a winner, you shouldn't have to declare a winner. If you are tied at the end of regulation, it is equitable to both sides. Like, think of the tragedy of, like, the BYU game. We were evenly matched with BYU. Mm-hmm. There was an equitable way for us to just go, all right, yeah, well, see you guys next time. But who wants that? Everyone should want that. I don't want also, that. I want say, pain. So the reason we're talking about this is because I feel like most of the time when like American fans are trying to pitch soccer to other prospective American fans... You know, one of the things you run into is like, but they never score. And like, think about basketball. For a moment, if I, you know, uh, Steph Curry Mm -hmm. hits a Mm three-pointer, crowd goes wild. It's insane. It's in the first quarter. It doesn't matter, right? At no moment, almost no moment, unless it's become a blowout and the other team scores, is a goal truly inconsequential in soccer, you know? And because of the way that the system works, like with uh, goal differential, Goals are almost always important in league play on some level or another. You know, what does, like, look at this. We scored against Ohio State. We did. Is the universe any different because we did that? Yes. Absolutely not. Because we avoided being shut out for the first time since 97. Okay, yeah. If we had scored another one. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't. Have... That wouldn't have mattered. No. That wouldn't have mattered. Like, okay, we avoided the shutout. Yeah. Cool. Whatever, that's a minuscule thing. If we'd scored 14, like, sure, neat. We would have avoided being the largest game day home loss in history. Yeah, but, like, look how far you have to look. I think part of the thing that makes soccer so beautiful is because it very, very directly, in many ways, emulates life, you know? Um, But that's not what I go to sports for normally. It absolutely is what you should be going to. We go to sports to reflect like a microcosm of human experience back onto ourselves so that we can like 
feel things, right? Like, if you want evidence of that, look at, like, the, like, 50-something-year-old men who all started openly weeping when we gave the ball to the fullback this weekend. Like, you know. Yes. Like, I do agree that sports sports do have the uh, emotional appeal to them greatly. They greatly do. They greatly reflect human experiences as well. But the thing I've always liked about, you know, like college football is that the end of the game, one team gets a thing, a number in one column, the other team gets a number in another well, column. This is when you're when you're on a journey with these people, when you're walking with them through uh, through an experience that is a season, it is ridiculously unfair. Not to mention that like getting a draw can be ridiculously important. It just adds another interesting outcome. Like, to desperately fight for a nil-nil draw. To watch, like, especially because, like, the power disparity. It's like if you took, like, the Big Ten and the Mac and said, there's your goddamn league. Like, all these teams will just play all these teams. And, oh, by the way, the worst three get replaced by new teams from some other conference next year. And we move them back in, and they don't even get a chance at the big dance, and they make less money, and they may never return to the highest tier of football in the world. There is almost nothing more goddamn inspiring than watching plucky little Burnley, their four sad little toothless English defenders, just standing there as like the talent and expertise and money behind a club like... Manchester United or Liverpool or Chelsea or any of those clubs that just throw money at problems and say, look, they've gone away. That's truly, truly remarkable. I also think that nil-nil draws get even more fun when you get to the international level. Because you've watched a World Cup and you've seen group stage and you know how often it comes down to the last day of group stage and like one team desperately needs a win and one team desperately needs to not lose like this might create my favorite soccer match particularly when like the the, the two sides are, are are set up well for that where one has just like an incredible attack and the other has like an incredible defense there were a couple of like egypt who had a kind of a oh, happy yeah. world cup like there were just moments where it was like Oh my god, this is the most edge-of-the-seat stuff I've ever watched in my life because the ball never leaves one side of the pitch, Justin. It's like the other team like politely pretends to play offense, but really their whole world is hinging on one keeper, two center backs, and like a central defensive midfielder who's kind of this jer- just okay. there for show. Okay. Like, what is more dramatic than that? What is more agonizing? I, I, I kind of get this now because this is... This reminds me of one of my favorite pastimes, which is anti-football, which is a football game such as I think the pip, the pinnacle of this is uh, the 2017 Bills Bills versus Jaguars playoff game, which finished at I believe like nine to seven, and the entire second quarter was just teams punting back and forth to each other. The lone touchdown came because a team fumbled a punt in their ten yard line. Like I love games like that. Yeah. So it's so like I kind of see what you mean now, you know. You desperately a, a team, need... a team that a team's not going to win the game. A team has to lose the game, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Also, like international soccer in particular makes situations in which, like, to get through to the knockout rounds, a team, some plucky little team, like, oh, uh, who's a good example? Bosnia and Herzegovina. Iceland. 
No, I like Iceland's great, but Iceland's actually fairly decent. Okay. What we're looking for is like middling teams that don't have a chance to go to like, Asia. Well, like, so the, the, the example that comes to mind is like in 2014, Bosnia and Herzegovina went to the World Cup. Oh, yeah. And like teams like that very often get put in a situation. I don't know if this actually happened in 2014, but like they're this plucky little country that's suffered so much. Oh, yeah. They finally get to watch their game played by their people on the world stage. Like the beauty of that moment is incredible. To watch, I'm going to get misty, but like to watch teams. From from little war torn, pain stricken countries, take the field, and just to know that like that doesn't happen for them very often, if ever, at a World Cup, to prove that they're one of the best at something. Like the great shame of the World Cup is there's what like 192 countries, yeah. something to watch that. I mean, it, it moves you. And, like, for very often the situation is, like, they need one team or the other team to win so that one of them loses so that that team's point tally does Goes. not go above or match their point tally. So that, like, and there's this, like, math that happens where they're like, yeah. okay, we just need one team to win. And to sit there and watch a game concerned about a totally different team and just... <laughs> Begging to God for these people halfway across the world, the war-stricken country, that something happens over the course of 90 minutes. It's just like you, you find yourself so much more like tuned in than you do in a high-scoring game. You're watching passes. You're watching little tiny fouls. You're watching players move off the ball because you, you, like every sense is just like hyper specifically tuned in and when a team does score it's the most euphoric feeling in the world because everything rides on that like imagine if the huskers scored three touchdowns at once if you look at the way that like soccer scores work out it's about three touchdowns to one goal um like the if, if you think about it like as far as scoring typically goes. Yeah. I mean, that that doesn't hold, like, the fact that, like, there's very rarely shutouts in football. And also, sh- football has this, like, back-and-forth pattern. Yeah. You know. Like, that notwithstanding, if you, if you have trouble wrapping your mind around the magnitude of a goal, it's three touchdowns. That happening at once. In a game that is, like, you know, absolutely vital to, you know either the future of your club or the future of your country. It's special. And the thing that makes it special is it doesn't have to happen. Uh, Penalty kicks are fun, especially when you're in neutral. But Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen your team go to penalties, you feel deeply cheated in some way. Because you know that they no longer get... Like, I think a much better way for soccer to handle things would be the golden goal, right? I'm 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 a proponent of like the basketball overtime strategy, which is just you continue to play shortened quarters until one team turns out on top. Which because like penalty kicks always feels like okay, you're still tied after two overtimes in basketball. Free throw contest, go. Yeah, that's re- I I absolutely think that it's like here's this strange little fundamental. Yeah. Like, you know. Um. So 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 why do you believe in golden goal? I believe in golden goal because. That is effectively what most, like, 
soccer overtimes end, up, end being... up being when someone scores. Like, there is very, very rarely, a, like, a legitimate chance for the other team to equalize. Or, like, maybe if you don't like Golden Goal, if you don't like that, like, somebody scores and it's over, which, by the way, gives soccer the greatest thing from baseball, which is the walk-off home mm-hmm. run. Can you imagine? Like, think about, who's a good example of this? Think about Paul Pogba, right? Like, arguably not the world's greatest player anymore, but, like, especially when he turns on when he's playing internationally. Let's say in the World Cup that instead of penalties in the knockout rounds... Like, Pogba comes running up the pitch. He's got two players he can slot it through to, but he knows what he's doing, and he puts it right in the upper 90. And all he does, he stops, he looks, he just looks after it for a minute, and he turns and walks straight to the locker room. Just marches off the field knowing what he's done. Doesn't throw his hands up in the air. Doesn't do anything. That would be the greatest sporting moment of all time, Justin. That we'd, we'd have to like dedicate a podcast just to talk about that for the rest of forever. And the episodes would last midnight to midnight every day. Like We'd just never be able to stop talking about how dope that would be. Like, oh man. Golden Goal's a really good idea for like games that you have to decide. Yes. But nil-nil draws are a thing of beauty. And... Like, I would like to do a series of these love letters to football. I think the next one is going to be just, like, crappy association football games. Like, there is something truly stunning about watching, like, Wolverhampton play Burnley. Sort of like my love for Maction. Yeah. Like, like Akron versus Toledo. Both teams throw five picks by the half. I am just dialed in every Tuesday night. Yeah. Over, like, ten people in the crowd. I live for that. This is particularly true in English football, where, like, scoring, totally optional. Um, Like, good, beautiful passing, totally an afterthought. We are here to send the ball around grass and enjoy that, and occasionally just have a giant center back clobber somebody and just, like, stomp on their face and get a red card and leave and everyone moves on. And, like, that is some, like, truly fascinating stuff to watch from, like, a human perspective of, like, oh, what kind of a goddamn society is this? This is entertainment. Like, you know, I don't know. We'll talk about that sometime. We should talk about Darby games sometime because Darby games are just fun that's amazing we'll save that for a future episode absolutely I, we're, we're all out of time tonight we absolutely are yeah see you after northwestern folks catch you on the flippy flip